Hello, and you are very welcome to Dan and Dara on Dublin South FM. I am Dara McNicholas. And I'm Dan Airy. Dan, how are you today? I'm not too bad. How are you? Ah, sure. Listen, I still have a rotten cold and it's hanging around like a fart in a space suit still. And um, it's just annoying. I'm just tired of it now at this stage. I just want it to be gone. Everything is just... And, uh, you know, great. Just tired now. Just want to go Mm. to sleep. I, I can I can understand that between everything that's been going on and then you get through that and then it's kind of like the cold hit you again and you're like back to what we had before. Yeah, COVID pretty much. And, and normal, normal service has been resumed. Absolutely. Which isn't, uh, uh, well, it probably isn't the worst thing in the whole wide world. But listen, let's get cracking here then, I suppose. You and your uh, major project for uh, your master's out there Indeed. in Dunleary. <laughs> Tell us yes. about it. Come on. We finally have it finished, submitted. Absolutely. Uh, massive relief, excitement, uh, a, a whole host of emotions, to be honest. Um, because as I might have mentioned before, it's kind of the idea was like a work in progress from January because it, it got... Uh, I was advised to leave it till the summer um, to work on it for the major project. So it's been in my head um, since January and it's just between the whole filming process and, and, and the editing process, it's, uh, there's been a huge amount of, of work being put into it and to see it kind of all come together now is, is, is it's really really satisfying i'd like to say um, a massive thank you to uh my crew um kate gibbs um shay fitzgerald and and of course dylan uh they were a massive help throughout the entire process and of course uh to my cast as well so yeah no it's um it, it's I think it's the most rewarding um, project that I've done today for sure it's definitely the one I'm most proud of good and you did uh, uh, allow me the opportunity to have a look at it I did yes yeah that was brave <laughs> I trust you Dara you're Sorry, yeah, you know, just yeah, your your opinions are very uh, are very well received and honest and yeah, no, I did like it. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it, it it kept me engaged. Um, I would have very few criticisms of it. Um, I suppose it, it, it's horrible as well, kind of looking at it from a, a different point of view uh, than just sitting down and going, oh, oh, what's the documentary about? You're kind of going. Oh yeah, sound there's a bit off. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't have cut that there. Um, yeah, it's a bit disappointing there now. His mammy's looking the wrong way. Um, yeah. So there's a few things in it that did annoy me. Um, right. But you know that's just me. Uh, and I suppose four years of college and what they've done to what they've done to us. Really, and kind of you know yeah. you're looking at things very very differently. You're just you're you're kind of going. Oh yeah, there's a bit of a hiss at one point, 
uh, in, in, mm-hmm. the, in the interview, you know, and there's no way you're going to get that out. And yeah. you're kind of going, oh, right, that kind of takes away from it. It does, um, but I can hear it. Um, but that's me, and I'm listening for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of, uh, I think we were uh, partially discussing this last week as well. It's kind of the the blessing and the curse of being a media student. It's like you kind of, I think, um, I do remember the very first lecture we were in, they were like, we're going to ruin the media for you. Yeah, um, that, and, and that's it. And I've, I've, I've had it kind of subsequently as well. Uh, we say even last week, uh, a client sent me some a couple of videos to edit. Um, right. You know, and I'm listening to it, and I can hear background noise. And I'm going, oh, geez, so disappointing. You know, and I kind of did it and I said it back to him. I went, listen, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do with the background noise. And at one stage, there's kids cheering because they obviously recorded it next to a school or a playground or whatever, you know. Right, and, right. You know, you kind of listen to me and I can hear anything. That's grand. And I kind of went, hmm, okay, I can hear it. <laughs> you know, so mm. it is It is kind of very, it is very different. And I, mean, I think at one stage, your mother's not looking at the camera when she's answering the questions. She's looking slightly mm. off to the left. Um, mm. She's obviously talking to somebody else rather than the camera. Uh, and that to me, that it's, there's, you know, again, it, it's just, that's picky. Just picky, picky, picky kind of, you know, there's not wrong with the narrative. There's not wrong with the story. It's just kind of going visually, you're kind of, going, mm. you know, you lovely now she's just looking at the camera. You know, she's slightly looking off to the left, I think, some in, in, in a couple of points. And there's nothing you can do about that. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. You mm. know, it's what's in the can when you get back. Uh, that's all you have to work with. Um, but other than that, you know, sound everywhere else is great. Even the, the, the footage you brought into it um, from your dad's swim. Um, you know, all of those things were all, they all blended well. The, the use of music through it, that really worked as well. You know, I think that kind of helped the mood um, and sort of, you know, it's like giving people indications as to, well, here's a good bit. This bit's a little bit sad. <laughs> this, bit's, this bit's good. This bit's gooder. Well, it's a little bit sad as well. And, oh, you know, triumph, triumphant sort of end piece. You know, and, and music really does help. Kind of. Yeah, no, that, that was an interesting one, actually, because... Um, through the kind of early drafts, I had it in my in my head uh, because of kind of the nature of the piece and uh, and the emotion of the piece and so on and so forth that I wouldn't initially have music or or at least very minimal, um, which is how it turned out in the end. But I initially. Um, in my early drafts, I I didn't have any music involved, and I was quite happy with it. Um, uh, that way. Uh, and then I was very kindly advised by oh, and also I should say a massive thank you to my mentors in IADT and the editing mentors as well. They were a massive help. But um, I was advised by the editing mentors to stick some music in. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm really, really happy with how it turned out for sure. Good. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that you, you agree on, on the music front as well. Yeah. Funny that, isn't it? 
yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that. Um yeah, you know, I mean the best luck to getting it into um uh what you call it? Uh the those things, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear lordy. But more importantly, that is, you know, it 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 rings well for the masters, firstly, I suppose. Kind mm. of uh yeah, you know, that's the 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 main goal. Glory is yeah. uh, just one of those added benefits, really, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. Um, no, as, as I said, it, it, I think it's it's the, the piece of work that, I, that I'm most proud of. It definitely was um, quite an emotional uh, process. Um, and it's kind of something that I... I knew it would be like a, a, a tough process from from an emotional standpoint um, just because of the nature of the story. But I suppose I didn't really expect the emotions to hit me either the way they did or how they did at like certain I remember there, there was one there was one stage um during the editing process where i got to watch it um kind of for the first time because you're you're so in the mode of editing i suppose you you, you kind of get where i'm coming from with this um but i got to watch it as a full story for the first time without kind of thinking about edits or stuff and that, yeah, that was stopping that, starting changing moving yeah yeah um and that was quite an emotional that was quite an emotional watch and i do remember um as i mentioned last week um having some some test screenings and uh yeah it was the kind of the exact reaction um that i was looking for from the outset actually um and i i have i've since had test screenings with yourself and 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 with the family as well and they've all been they've all been positive so i'm i'm excited to see uh where it can go i think that one's always going to be always going to be close to the heart good right well done disability now dan and the fashion industry yes um well this kind of came about because i've had to go out and get a new suit uh for well i wanted to go out and get a new suit um for an upcoming family wedding in october um and a huge thanks to uh best menswear and all the people down there um in dundrum and delorgan very very helpful um but just as um i was kind of trying things on and that kind of thing it got me thinking about um disability and fashion because I suppose it's a simple form of expression for those with disabilities um, and yet it can be very difficult to find clothes that that fit properly in wheelchairs so like I suppose the the jacket could be too long and you'd have to kind of tuck it in underneath it doesn't fit right on the shoulders or or something like that um, yeah, and I, I suppose it, it just got me thinking about that on the whole. Um, like, I suppose one thing that I've um, 
found with my suits that happens. I found out through this whole process, no matter what suit I wear, is that if I'm kind of hooshing myself up or, or readjusting, um, the the back of the suit will kind of um, ride up a little bit on the chair and kind of, um, it's quite difficult to explain without a visual aid, I understand now. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I suppose it just got me thinking about like, fashion and how important it, it is to and I suppose for me personally it's, it's something that's quite important but how important it is to to people with disabilities in general to like get clothes that fit properly and particularly like um formal wear um and with that in mind uh, ASOS have been praised uh, for their adaptive clothing uh, in collaboration with um, Chloe Ball Hopkins, uh, who is a para-athlete, and she got in touch with them uh, after she got soaked at a festival, believe it or not. Right. Uh, and she collaborated with them on a, uh, on a jumpsuit. Uh, so I, I found their, their description of the design online and it says uh, as follows, we've adapted it to be wheelchair friendly. The jacket and trousers uh, zip together and are fully waterproof and comes in handy when the weather turns. Uh, the, hem, the hems are also a little longer at the back um, stops it from riding up. That was the phrase I was looking for. Uh, um, when you're getting from A to B, adjustable cuffs for adjustable sleeve, uh, for adjusting sleeve length, um, waterproof zips, soft jersey lining for comfort and warmth, uh, tie-dye design, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then it's kind of your, your, your festival style sorted. That's what they say. Um, and then there's also um, an adjustable hood, uh, a relaxed fish as well. And I, I suppose it kind of, all of this, like it's positive, but I suppose I thought about it a bit and I was kind of like, up until that point, it's not really something that I thought about myself um, because I suppose so I suppose you're looking at a very small, yeah, I don't know, we, we talk about clothes and stuff like that. I mean, you're not, you're not particularly hard on clothes. Um, you know, it's not like you're, you're out in sort of all sorts of weather. I mean, you're very easy going on shoes. <laughs> yeah, no, the, um, it comes in, it comes in handy when it comes to shoes because you don't tend to wear them out. Yeah, I know. They, uh, they, 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 they strictly almost are a fashion item rather than a sort of a, uh, yeah. a kind of, Here's my off-road runners here, and uh, here's my formal shoes. And, you know, it is more fashion rather than, and that's why it becomes actually possibly more important. Yeah. Rather than, yeah. You, could sit, you could sit there in your wheelchair and a pair of slippers and it really won't make a damn bit of difference. Um, well, yeah, I, I, but yeah, no, I get what you mean. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. no, so it is. I mean, it, that, that's why it's important. It, it's, it's important because it's not a pair of bloody slippers. Yeah. 
you know, and 100%. you know, fair play to ASOS, you know, for making that leap, I suppose. But you know, then again, I can't see you in a jumpsuit. Um, mm. you know, I, I could be wrong, uh, but uh, no, yeah, it, it's um, but the interesting thing I, I found I found with this is that um, this piece of information because I kind of uh decided to do a bit of digging uh as we were kind of looking for fursuits and that kind of thing. Um the interesting thing about this is that article that it came from uh was written in in 2018. So Dan the OECD had an interesting report this week um where they're saying one in three people uh with disabilities in Ireland have a job. Yeah, that doesn't, uh, sound, that doesn't sound too bad, does it? Uh, initially, it doesn't. Yeah, one and three, that's okay. Yeah, case closed. Well done, Ireland. Yay. Uh, initially, it doesn't. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and you'd be thinking a lot of uh, positive lines. Um, but again, it's one of those things that the important word here is initially, because this is one of the lowest rates in Europe. Go Ireland. Woohoo! Yay! Yeah. Um, so the OECD have come out and said um, employers need to increase the number of staff that they hire uh, and they need to retain them. Um, and I saw a report on this on RT News during the week and essentially saying that it's a benefit to the company. Um, there, there was a, a few companies in, in the report saying that, you know, it's a benefit and increases diversity and so on and so forth. Um, but I thought it, it was, uh, they, they brought out some, some interesting uh, statistics saying that 30% of those with disabilities are employed in Ireland compared to an average of 51% uh, in the EU OECD. Um, and then in direct comparison to that, there are more people uh, with disabilities unemployed in Ireland compared to the OECD. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that sounds like RT are being a tad bit kind um, with how they're they're reporting, right? Because if you look at these statistics, okay, thirty percent on uh, employment, I should say, is bad, right? Uh, but saying that there is a seventy percent unemployment rate with those with disabilities, it catches your attention a lot more, doesn't it? Like, um, and then even within that, uh, they're kind of using somebody uh, who has had kind of a positive experiment, uh, experience with employment through, through Zoom and, and so on. Uh, and that kind of thing, and then I'm I'm all for the the positive representation, um. But I I suppose it needs to be 
within a particular context i don't i don't know what you what your thoughts on that on that would be yeah i i know what you're saying but uh you know what would you rather find uh two people who had a bad experience or um, like, I, I know statistics are great um, and I had a quick look around uh, when I saw we were going to have a, a chat about this today um, and it's the exact same headline back in uh, 2008 same statistics it Nothing's changed. In 2008? Yeah. Wow. Only one in three people with a disability in Ireland is uh, in employment, and those with disabilities are more likely to experience high rates of poverty, according to the OECD report published today. That's, that's November 2008. Right. That's um... things, things haven't changed, Dan. Maybe things can change. Mm. It's it's one of those things that uh, it comes back to to your your favorite phrase. What was it? Uh, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. That, okay. That that's fine. So if we if we take a hundred percent of the disabled people, mm -hmm. okay. So if we just said just because I, I need to keep numbers small, right? If we said that number is a hundred, okay. How many of that hundred are not capable of working? You know, there's a percentage of that. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a percentage of people in that are simply not capable of working because due to their disability, whatever that is, mm. that they simply cannot work. Or not capable of working to the standard that's required. Um, yeah, Maybe. but that, no, oh, okay. that no, no, yeah, yeah, that is stretching, right? Because if you yeah. if you look at any population of people, okay. So if you said the population of able-bodied people, there is a certain amount of those that are strokers in the middle of it simply do not want to work. Yeah. For whatever Absolutely. socioeconomic stuff that they've been brought up with for all of their lives or whatever it is, right? There's just a percentage of people who will not work. And we'll go, oh yeah, thanks very much. I'll take the dole or whatever. Okay, so there's always going to be a percentage of people, right? Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. can't or won't. So you know, saying, saying that you know, is that like what percentage of that hundred percent of disabled people simply can't work? So you know, if you said it was twenty, yeah, that that's the initial number that I had in mind. Yeah, yeah. So if you said twenty out of hundred, mm. right, keeping my numbers kind of small so my head doesn't explode, right, and manageable as well, and yeah, manageable yeah. as well. So that is eighty, right? Yeah, you know. So is that eighty? Then you're hundred percent. You know, where, where you, when you start moving things around a little bit and then, uh, like, from, I think our last census was, uh, I don't know when our last census was, actually, funny enough, but there's one back in 2016, okay? And uh, Social Justice Ireland did a deep dive mm -hmm. into the uh, sort of results of it. Um, and, and they came back with uh, some sort of, uh, numbers. So what they were kind of reporting back or what they taken from it was that 643,131 people reported as uh, had a disability in Ireland. Yeah. 
okay. remember that 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 yeah. figure. Yeah. So they they kind of broke it down. So one point two percent of the population were blind or had a sight related disability. So that's fifty four thousand. One point four percent suffered with uh, intellectual disability. That's sixty six thousand. Two point two percent of the population were deaf or had a hearing related disability. That's a hundred thousand. Uh, and it goes on, Six point, at the very end, 6.2% of the population had disability connected with pain, breathing, or other chronic illnesses or conditions. And that's 297-odd thousand people. Right. You know, I, so... I, I, I'm going to take a guess that I would be in that cohort. Um, Sorry, uh, there's 5.5% then have, uh, have difficulty with basic physical activities. That's mm, okay, yeah. thousand. So then there's difficulty with learning, remembering, or concentrating. That's 156,000. Uh, 2.6 with an emotional condition. So, you know, this, the census kind of, uh, you know, breaks that down maybe. But then within that, then uh, blind or had a sight related disability, you know, how many of them can't work or are unwilling to work or simply don't have a job or don't have to work. Um. You know, so I think, you know, kind of when we start, you start kind of saying, well, one in three people with disabilities learn have a job. Okay, so there's two and three that don't. Yeah. But then out of that two and three, do they want to have a job? Mm. Uh, are they willing to work? Are they able to work? Mm. Um, and I mean, you're just going to start wandering into that whole field now of a lad who wants to work. And now you're just going to start finding what all those obstacles are between... PA hours and benefits and losing what you have and medical cards and all of the stuff that's going to come with that. Yeah. So out of, those, out of those two out of three people with a disability who aren't working are probably going, Jesus, it's hardly worth it, is it? Yeah, I, I get you. Yeah, that 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 makes sense for sure. Um I I suppose maybe like my natural instinct when I was watching it um, was kind of going, these aren't exactly positive figures. No, they're not, it's not, they're not positive, Dan, but they're just figures. Yeah, yeah, no. But I, I suppose my, my initial, like, instinctual thought on it was they're not exactly positive figures. So, therefore it kind of felt like it was being reported on a, in a way that made it seem a little bit more okay than it actually was. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, I know, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I can't, I couldn't trust that again, that now, to be honest. Uh, and, and I, I, I wouldn't agree with you, I disagree with you, actually. I, I, I suppose it, it just, um, and that kind of brings me to, I suppose I was kind of in that mindset, shall we say, yeah. um, through, through, the cor- through the course of the week, because we were talking about um, disability bias. Uh, sorry, not disability bias, able, ableist bias last week. And... It's got me thinking about, there was a story that came out and it got me thinking about media bias overall. Um, the court town um, gang rape case. 
Um, so Anne-Marie McNally on, on Twitter, um, she tweeted something that said, I really wish the RT News report on the brutal gang rape of a teenager hadn't started by saying the girls had been drinking heavily and were, quote, quote, not in a good way. There has to be an acceptance that opening, opening a story like this with that detail is loaded. And then she goes, uh, I don't care if the girl was comatose on crack. It had absolutely no bearing on the fact that two boys of their own free will made a decision to brutalize her. Uh, nothing she did or didn't do is a factor in their choice uh, to commit rape. Their actions are the news piece here. And I know that's a very extreme uh, comparison, but I, I, I suppose it, it just got me thinking about it in that way. And um, I suppose it's something that needs to be, we need to be kind of more aware of it going forward. I don't know whether you'd agree with that. Uh, and that one, that I've either agreed or disagreed, to be honest, I have. I don't know enough about the story to comment on it. Um, so I'm not going to. All right, that's that's cool. Yeah, no, I, um, to be honest, it was kind of just brought to my attention uh, through that, and then I kind of learned more about it, and it was, uh, uh, yeah, quite shocking to the least. Uh, so, uh, uh, on that note, this has been Dan and Dara on Dublin South FM. I have been Dara McNicholas. And I'm Dan Airy, and we'll talk to you very soon.